like so many others, who you are is largely a result of your past. We have so many positive and not so positive experiences that we start to doubt ourselves and our place in this world. Let the healing process start now. Welcome to Shift Happens with Karin Weary, Ida Serena Lee, and John Kennedy. When you start to focus on healing from the inside out, you'll learn so much more about your own health, your well-being, and your state of mind. Once you've started on that, the rest gets a little bit easier every day. Now, here is your host, Karin Weary, and this week's co-host. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Shift Happens. Every Tuesday, we make sure that we share some kind of information that will hopefully provide you inspiration to that there's there is more out there in the world there are infinite possibilities there are so many things that um that we're just not taught uh, that it is we're po- capable of or that is possible. And that is what I love to do with this show here is to shine a light on things that um, some many times there, there might be things that a lot of people, they would, you know, shake their head and say, oh, no, this, that's not true and, and whatnot. But the thing is, and that is going to also be said in this interview that is coming up today, um, that if you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. <laughs> and so, which is the whole point right there, succinctly spoken in, two, in one little sentence, too, if you kind of write it out like that. Anyway, <laughs> I am Karen Weir. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist when I am not on this show. And last Tuesday, um, last Tuesday was a really big day for me because I got to interview one of my big heroes, one of the people that I follow uh, a lot. I have all three of his books, um, which is the first one is The Biology of Belief. The next one is Spontaneous Evolution and then The Honeymoon Effect. And yes, if you are familiar with those titles, you know who I am talking about. I am talking about Dr. Bruce Lipton. And he is a phenomenal uh, speaker. He is such a a wealth of information and passion and compassion. And with regards to what we are capable of. And now we got to talk for a little over an hour and the show is a little bit less than an hour. And so I was thinking at first, like, okay, well, what am I going to do here? Uh, I need to edit out about 15 minutes. But then I was, you know, I'm not an editor. And I'm thinking, well, how could I possibly edit any of what this man says? Because every word out of his mouth is is a, a golden pearl of wisdom and so uh my honey he suggested well why don't you just cut it in half and do it in two shows it's like oh that's a great idea so this is part one of the interview that i did with dr bruce lipton last tuesday and then the second half is going to air august 4th um because next week uh my co-host john kennedy will be on and we will be talking about money. How do you get through the rest of the year financially with regards to planning and getting ahead of the ball on that topic? So that is important too. So, to, and a lot of, one of the reasons why I really like Dr. Bruce Lipton is because uh, he puts science behind what the work that I do. So when he talks about how, uh, it, 
his initial topic that he really got into uh, when back when he was uh, doing research, you know, actively and was, um, you know, epigenetics. And so he was looking at cells and this, that, and the other, and, and, and uh, you know, really started combining the fact that our emotion, our thoughts cause emotions and, and that it, our emotions are different cocktails of, of neurotransmitters and electrical impulses and this, that, and the other. So when we feel sad, that's one combination. We literally change our biology through that. And when we're excited, then we change our biology based on that. So, and so if then imagine if you do this long term, so the people who are depressed and and they, you know, continue to be sad day after day, day in and day out. It goes on and on and on. And guess what? You know, this is then how you then become. You know, you you become the sad, depressed person. And there are lots of different ways. Uh, a lot of people they are very stuck on you know genetics and this that, and the other and, and that it's we may have a genetic disposition but the thing that's so beautiful about epigenetics is that we do actually have a lot more choice in whether or not though that particular propensity gets flipped on or off and i you know happen to love when there are things that make us empowered when there are things that we're not just the victim of our genetics. We're not just a victim of our, our, the life situation that we're in. We are co-creators. And for a lot of people don't really like that because that puts a lot of responsibility on us. But when you flip it, it also is very empowering. You know, it, it gives you choices and options and possibilities. And this is where I, I love to talk about living in the realm of possibility um, because so much of what we are taught, you know, uh, we, we aren't even 100% aware of how much we live almost pretty much on autopilot based on beliefs that we created when we were too young to know any better because we have to learn everything from scratch, right? We weren't born and know how society works and all the rules for the family and this, that, and the other. That's not how we're born. We have to learn, you know? And so whatever family it is that you're born into, whatever their belief system is, whatever their um, way of going about things is what we learn. And guess what, that was passed down from the previous generation and the previous generation and so on and so forth. And this is where many times we inadvertently, without realizing it, we are actually living somebody else's life, what some other people wanted us to do until we decide to wake up and become more of an observer and and take a look at well okay well what what's really going on here so say for example um you know uh, let's use the college example you know so uh, this is something that in your family it's absolutely a must you must go to college especially right after high school and and guess what maybe college is not for you maybe you're not a book 
education kind of person. Maybe you're more of a hands-on person, or maybe you need to go out and travel a little bit or work a little bit and get have a break from school or figure out who you are, what you really like to do before you make the investment and go to school. It's time and money, a big sacrifice to go to college. And, you know, if it's your parents that are paying the way, well, guess what? That's That sucks on them <laughs> because uh, there's so many times where I've, I've seen and heard of parents who spent the money and the kids, they weren't ready, they weren't mature, they didn't want to do it. And so they, you know, they just flunked out of college. And maybe later on, a few years later, they, they were ready to go back. And when they're ready, when you're ready, you're ready, right? And then you're actually going to pay attention and to put the effort in. So a lot of what I do when I work with people, with, with people who come to see me because they're having problems in their life, they maybe feel that they're really uptight, they're really anxious, they're nervous, they um, have their inner demons who that are just, that they're wrangling with, and can't sleep, they're stressed out, they're having problems in their marriages, in their family of origin, you know, those kinds of things. Then uh, what uh, I work with them on is, you know, identifying what is those under, what are those underlying beliefs that many times people aren't uh, consciously aware of are there. Many times from a lot of people, I'm not enough. Yeah, that's a big one or I'm not worthy. Those are some, a couple of really big uh, beliefs, negative beliefs that color everything we do. If I don't feel that I'm worthy or I don't deserve, guess what? You know, uh, this is where uh, people, they get all this anxious, nervous energy that they just have to do, 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 distract, 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 distract. I can't sit down because then I, I get all anxious and such. You know, what's happening is when you sit down and you have that anxious feeling is because when you do and you're not distracting yourself with TV um, activities, this, that, and the other, now finally you can sit down and you can start to think and you can feel. And if you don't like what's coming up, what's bubbling up, or what you're thinking and feeling, that's when people, they want to switch on and get busy with something. And that's how you make that uncomfortable stuff stay around because uh, when you take the time to sit and think and zoom out a little bit to observe what's going on and to allow those uncomfortable feelings to flow through you, and this is where I talk about the difference between allowing it to flow through you rather than to let it come up and get stuck and then you suppress it and you pretend it isn't there and then there's more junk and more junk and more junk that comes. This is where I started talking about how most people are emotionally constipated <laughs> because if you refuse to sit down and think and observe yourself and to feel through the things that you are experiencing you just get stuck and it gets worse and it worse and worse. You don't get better. And, and again, this is why so many people, they turn to medication, big farm, uh, to, they turn to alcohol, they turn to, you know, other substances. And 
to avoid. You basically you're avoiding. And when we avoid, we we put it off. And and some people manage to put it off forever. And they die with all that. Um and the the sad thing is the the thing that I find is sad is that those people don't know what is possible. They they don't they just don't so many people don't believe that things can be any better. And it does take doing self-care. It does take, just like, again, I always use the example of brushing your teeth. You don't brush your teeth once. You brush your teeth twice a day from the day you have teeth until the day you, you take your last breath. And, you know, we, the more that we do things to take care of ourselves, the better off we're going to be. I mean, we're, it's no different than taking care of your car. If you don't put oil in it, you don't put gas in it, and, you know, those are the two main big things, guess what? Your car is going to not last as long as when you take care of your car. You know, and we're the same way. And so self that's where self-care is really also part of, you know, telling myself and people around me that I feel that I'm worthy enough to do this self-care. I I know that when I do my self-care, I am going to be much better for everybody else because when I feel good, when I have taken care of myself and I'm in a calmer, better place because I allowed myself time to observe and feel through things and process things and put them back where they belong, back there without suppressing it, there's a difference. There's a difference between leaving things back in the past because and, and keep pushing it back, pushing it back, pushing it back because if it's not processed, it's going to keep coming up. It's going to keep getting triggered and it pops up over and over and over again and you relive it and relive it and relive it as though it's happening right here and now. This is just biologically how, how our brains are designed and it, our brains are designed that way to try to protect us. You know, uh, okay, so uh, we are going to go ahead and take a real quick break, and then when we come back, we will have Dr. Lipton joining us, um, and, and uh, so yeah, you want to hang in because he's pretty cool. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Insight's Dramatic Weight Loss Coaching Program is a transformational program healing you from the inside out so you can finally achieve your healthy weight for good by resolving the underlying reason why you've been holding on to the weight. The program features nine transformational individual sessions. You'll rebuild gut health and reduce inflammation. It's not a diet. Instead, you'll learn how to make peace with food and develop clean eating as a lifestyle. Visit InsightsCounselingCenter.com to find out more. Can grief be good for you? Absolutely. It gets your attention, helping you evaluate your choices and relationships. Your losses define who you are. Tune in each week for Good Grief with host Cheryl Jones. Our show features those who have made incredible transformations by grieving their losses. You'll learn how to find your courage and strength. You'll discover the important things in your life and how to let go of things that are less important. Good Grief airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health and Wellness. 
Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. listening to Shift Happens with Karin Weary. Do you have a question or comment about today's program? If so, we'd love to hear from you. Call in to the live show at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send an email to w at insightscounselingcenter.com. Remember that Karin is spelled K-A-R-I-N. Now, back to Shift Happens. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Shift Happens. I am so excited, as I am every Tuesday, when we are talking here on Shift Happens. I am Karen. We are your host when I'm not here doing this show, um, helping people, enlighten people on what is possible, what is out there. There's so much good stuff out there. And when I'm not doing that, I'm working with my clients. I am a licensed marriage and family therapist where, for the most part, I help dispel trauma with a particular modality that I use called EMDR, eye movement desensitization and reprocessing, which is kind of, in a nutshell, a way of speeding up neuroplasticity so that we can blast out these false beliefs that have been programmed in in us from things that we've experienced that were really challenging. And what better person to have? I am tickled pink besides myself with excitement because my guest today is none other than Dr. Bruce Lipton, who is a stem cell biologist and best-selling author of three of my favorite books, The Biology of Belief, Spontaneous Evolution, which I have right here, and The Honeymoon Effect. He served as associate professor of anatomy in the School of Medicine at the University of Wisconsin. In the medical curriculum, Bruce lectured in cell biology, histology, and embryology. His pioneering research on cloned human stem cells presaged today's revolutionary new field of epigenetics. Dr. Lipton later served as a research fellow in the Department of Pathology in Stanford University School of Medicine groundbreaking research at Stanford revealed the nature of the biochemical pathways by which the mind, perceptions, and beliefs 
control behavior and genetic activity. It's so exciting. In addition to being listed in the top 100 of the world's most spiritually influential living people by United Kingdom's Watkins Journal, Bruce received the 2009 prestigious Goy Peace Award in Japan um, in honor of his scientific contribution to world harmony. Bruce has lectured in seven of the eight continents and is still awaiting an invitation from the penguins to present in Antarctica. <laughs> Welcome, Dr. Lipton. I am so excited to have you here. I am so excited to be here with you. You, you exude so much joy and happiness. I know we're going to amplify a wonderful message to this world. And uh, of course, it's very timely. And uh, what people have to know is that what we're going to be talking about is a scientific foundation to what's going on. So it's not a, a, a new age idea, and yet it is a new age idea. <clears throat> and that's the exciting part. Talking about personal empowerment. Yeah. Oh, my, my, so another one of my favorite words. And, you know, and you are actually, I realize because I, I get your newsletter and I realize that you are going to be in my little hometown in December. You're going to Falun, Denmark, where you're going to be talking about the honeymoon effect. And there's a workshop on thriving in a changing world. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, I love it. It's a, a wonderful country and the people have such a, a, a distinctly more relaxed uh, understanding of life than we find in uh, uh, shoulders up to the to here uh, world of stress. Uh, uh, and you can see what a difference of quality of life because that's selected as one of the happiest, healthiest countries on the planet. Uh, maybe we could learn something. <laughs> that would be wonderful. Yeah, and so, you know, we are going through some really let's say, interesting, challenging times right now. And this whole, what I love about your work is also it, it puts a science behind the work that I do. And I quote you all the time when I work with people to really help them understand, because like you said, it's so empowering that we are not victims. We've been so programmed to believe that we're victims of everything, you know, and and so <laughs> with the epigenetics and, and how you, you know, were able to find out how our thoughts, you know, produce emotions and that then uh, goes on to uh, change our uh, our genetics, right? Or or how our genetics show up, right? Yes. To disease or not. Yes. Yes. So talk a little bit about what, how that's working right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, let's start off with a, a fact that uh, the movie The Matrix is listed as science fiction, but in truth, it's actually a documentary uh, because the premise is that everybody's programmed. And the fact is, well, that's actually very true. <laughs> We've all been programmed. Uh, and so let's explain very simply the nature of that programming. So we got to know where we're starting from. And the programming is this. We all know the brain is the computers. Matter of fact, the, uh, the most fantastic computer that humans have ever experienced in the world and can't even duplicate it in any way. So the relevance about that, I say, well, what is the brain as a computer? I say, well, it is a computer. And you go, so what? I say, little scenario. I go to the uh, store, buy a brand new computer, bring it home push the start up button and boom, it boots up. I go, well, that's great, it's working. And I say, now do something, draw a spreadsheet. Oh, I can't do anything. 
I said, why not? Be, while the system is booted up, it has no programs to operate from. So when you get a brand new computer, the first phase of using that computer is to download programs that you can use. And I said, well, you download those into the hard drive. Okay. And then I said, once the programs are in, then you as the user get to use the keyboard and interface the program. Okay. And everybody, yeah, that's okay. Clear. Now I go, a baby's brain has a system booted up in the last trimester of pregnancy. So in the last three months of gestation, the brain of the baby is already operating, got the operating system. It's going good. But I said, well, now you got to get programs. I said, well, how do you get programs? Well, you want to put them into the hard drive. Subconscious mind is hard drive. It stores programs. That's its job. So I say, oh, well, how do you do that? I said, well, you have to download the programs. I say, so a baby's got an operating system. How does it download programs? Because the brain for the first seven years of life of that child is operating at a lower vibrational frequency than consciousness. And I mean, uh, this, is, this is not new age. This is put electrical wires on a person's head. Read the vibrational aspect of consciousness and you'll read there's several levels. Delta's sleep. Uh, the next thing uh, is a state of uh, uh, mixing the real world. It's imagination. Okay. And then uh, I say, then what? I say, above theta, the next higher vibration is alpha, consciousness, calm consciousness. And another higher vibration uh, is beta, which is work and, uh, you know, high school education and work and all that high level of consciousness. Point. Baby, when it's <clears throat> first seven years of life, is in theta. It's not consciousness. It's below consciousness. And I say, why is it relevant? Theta is hypnosis in medical terms. If I want to put a program in your subconscious mind, I put you into theta, and whatever I put into your ears is now going straight into the subconscious mind, not conscious mind. Okay? So I say, oh, so the subconscious mind is a hard drive. It's got programs in it. I say, first seven years is download. I say, well, how do you download a program? I say, you observe your parents, your siblings, and your community. And I say, for what reason? You're going to have to evolve to be a member of a family and a member of community. And there are rules. There are so many rules. I say, well, okay, teach, uh, give the infant a, a book. Here, there's a, a thousand rules you need to know. It's like, oh, obviously that's not going to work. Nature handles that by putting the brain into record mode seven years, observe the members of the family and how they interact, observe the community and how they interact, understand the rules by what? Just downloading them. I say, <clears throat> are they all good rules? I go, about the largest percentage are disempowering and self-sabotaging and limiting beliefs that we download by observing other people. I say, well, I would recognize that and I, I wouldn't do that. And I go, when the programs are coming in, there's no consciousness. So what it's being downloaded without your awareness. And you've been downloaded starting even before you were born. Uh, uh, um, a mother plays music to uh, uh, the fetus through her abdomen. And she plays a, a, a certain music. When the baby is born, if she plays that music, the baby will instantly recognize that music and respond to it. Okay, father talks to the fetus uh, when the baby's born. The father opens his mouth. The fetus knows which one the father is from the voice. It learned 
So it was learning even before it was born. But the next seven years is the most intense learning of all because the next seven years is how do I behave to be here? And I say, well, those are programs. They come in, you observe them from other people, you downloaded their behavior, and you didn't filter it. So I said, well, you got a lot of programs. <laughs> Before you even conscious, you got a lot of programs how to respond and live in the world. Uh, and a very large percentage of them, as I said, are disempowering programs. I go, so what? I say, well, that's the hard drive. But after age seven, you become conscious, and now you can use the programs, okay? Well, uh, good idea, except for the fact that we now, from neuroscience, the conscious mind, which kicks in at age seven, which is behind your forehead, um, uh, is actually a creative mind. And that's why humans are different than lower animals. We, we can see the world, but we can create images. And then once we create images, then we can manifest images. We can say we want to send a rocket to the moon. It only took a few thousand years, but we sent a rocket to the moon. Uh, and so that's our creative part. Creative part is wishes and desires. Now, fact, and this is the most important fact people have to know, uh, science has recognized 95% of the day, your conscious mind is preoccupied with thinking, which is looking inwards, thinking is inwards, and therefore not looking outwards, and therefore the subconscious, and this is a fact, so this is the most important fact right now, the subconscious programs you were downloaded with are going to run your, by, run your behavior and your genetics and your biology uh, uh, based on uh, the programs that you got from other people, 95% of the day. So let's stop. Conclusion, 5% of the day, you're operating from consciousness, creative wishes and desires of what you want out of your life. And 95% of the day, your behavior is coming from those programs that you got from other people. And you don't see the programs. Why? Because your consciousness and if consciousness is thinking, it's not looking out. Uh, same story. 35 years now in lectures, so I got to say it again because I remember it. Uh, a 35-year-old story <laughs> is you have a friend, you know your friend's behavior very well, and you happen to know your friend's parent. I say, so what's the relevance? I say, well, one day you see your friend has the exact same behavior as their parents. So you got to go, hey, hey, Bill, you're just like your dad. I say, back away from Bill. The moment you say that, the first thing Bill will say is, how can you say I'm like my dad? I'm nothing like my dad. I don't know how you can make that comparison. And everyone starts laughing. Why? Because they all have personal familiarity with that same story. And I go, so what? And I go, so what is this? Bill is expressing behavior. Whose? His parents. Does Bill see it? No. Where did Bill get it from? He downloaded it in the first seven years. Those were the programs. Why doesn't Bill see it? Because why is he playing these programs autopilot, subconscious? It could take over and run everything. And I said, why doesn't he see it? And I said, where's his attention? 95% of the time, his attention is thinking inside. So he's not observing. That's why you tell him the truth. You're just like your dad. And then he is, you know, a combustion of how can you say that? And the truth is what? Because he couldn't see the 95% of the behavior that was automatic because the reason he was playing the automatic behavior is because his conscious mind wasn't paying attention. So he doesn't see it. Okay. Great story. Big conclusion coming here. I wish I had a drum roll. Drum roll. And the drum roll is simply this. We are all Bill. 
every one of us is built. Every one of us every day is playing 95% of our programs as our life without our conscious awareness of what we're doing. Now, if the programs are good, hey, no problem. You got a great life. But if there's a problem in the program, then it will be manifesting in your life without you seeing it. And this is why we all of a sudden acquire, I'm a victim. And I say, why? Conscious mind, I want to be healthy, happy, have a great love. But my reality is everything but that. So then I have to say, well, I wanted to be successful. Look at this. <laughs> and I go, I must be a victim. Why? Because I wanted it to be successful. So something out there is interfering with me. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, my God, you didn't see it. We were sabotaging ourselves all day because the programs that we got do not support the kind of desires and wishes we want to manifest. And so uh, I say, you've been programmed. Everybody's been programmed. I say, how do you know what the program is? I go, well, first problem is this. You were programmed before you were conscious. So you have no idea of what the program was. Uh, if you do, then answer this question. You were programmed uh, uh, at zero. You remember that program? Oh, oh no. Oh, how about the one at one year? A whole year program. And you now know the program at one year? No. How about when you were two years old, did you know the program that you got? And the answer is no. And I go, so what's relevant? We have no conscious awareness of the subconscious programs. And I go, oh, my God, it's a mystery. And then I go, this is resolution. Ready? 95% of your life is coming from subconscious behaviors. Point. The character of your life is the character of your program. <laughs> The things that you like that come into your life, they come in because you have a program to acknowledge them. But the things that you struggle for, work hard, you know, put a lot of effort. I got to make this happen. I'm working so hard. I go, why are you working so hard? And the answer is, inevitably, the program you were downloaded with doesn't support that destination. And then we blame the world because we cannot see, like Bill our own participation 95% of the time. And so I'm saying, so what is all this coming to, Corinne? Very simple for me. You ready? Yep. Quantum physics, the most valid science on planet Earth. There's no science that has been proven more and more truthful. And I go, so what? And I say, first principle, consciousness is creating our life experiences. This is the first principle of the most valid science on the planet. Like, if you want to argue with the science, don't pick quantum physics to argue with yet because it's <laughs> most valid. And I say, well, consciousness does this? Yeah, consciousness is creating this. And I say, well, where's the problem? Most people then look at their world and go, I wouldn't have created that, so don't say I did it. And I go, until you own it, you cannot change it. If you own your victim and you want to stay a victim, you're going to be a victim. There's no doubt about that. But if you find yourself a victim and you don't want to be a victim, then don't try and change the outside world. You have to first change whatever program is not allowing you to participate in the way you want. So I say, great. Quantum physics, most valid science, acknowledge consciousness is controlling our life. Now, part two, where I get involved is 50-some years ago, I was cloning stem cells, embryonic cells. And I say, what was the point? I said, I recognize in my cell cultures 50-some years ago that the environment of the cell determines the genetic activity of the cell. 
And I said, well, what does that mean? I said, well, at the same time I was seeing this in my research, I was teaching what almost everybody has heard, genes control the character of my life. I go, what, what kind of thinking does that produce? I go, as far as you know, did you pick the genes you came with? Oh, okay. Uh, if you don't like the character, can you change the genes? No. Uh, and let me just add this. Genes turn on and off by themselves without you being involved. And I go, well, what would be the conclusion of that? And I go, the conclusion that I am a victim of my biology, that my heredity is controlling me beyond my wishes and desires. Oh, my God, there's cancer running in the family. I got a cancer gene. I'm going to get a cancer, cardiovascular disease. I go, these, the most important fact, ten, less than 1%. Less than 1% of disease is connected to genetics. And we've wow. given all the diseases. What's the genetics of Alzheimer's? What's the genetics of alcoholism? What's the genetics? Of... It's not genetics, folks. No, it has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with programming. And, and, and so you say, come on. And I go, let me just help some of you. Because there's an interesting time uh, where the movie of The Matrix comes to our reality and that was the time when they said, here's a blue pill, you take the blue pill and you wake up and life is just the way it's always been but here's the red pill you take that red pill and you're going to get out of the program and I go, most of us have taken that red pill and changed our life so profoundly that it knocked our socks off and I go, what was that? And I say your life could be blah, 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 blah every day. And then you meet someone and you fall in love. In 24 hours, your world changes. In 24 hours, the, you know, the uh, turns into, oh my God, it's so beautiful. Life is so wonderful. The food's great. The music's better. Uh, you know, everything. I'm so in love. I go, you fell in love and then your life turned to heaven on earth for whatever period of time we call the honeymoon. I go, then what was it? The distinct moment of the switch that sent from blah, 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 24 hours later, heaven on earth. If you understand that switch, then you understand the secret of how you could have heaven on earth every day of your life for as long as you live because you created it. I said, I created the honeymoon? I said, you created everything. That's what quantum physics said. I said, well, then how come I created honeymoon versus blah, blah, blah? And I go, because science has recognized when you fall in love, you stop playing the program. You stop. You start absolutely creating your life from conscious mind, not defaulting to pre-programmed behavior. And I say, and what's the role of the conscious mind? Wishes and desires. I say, the moment you started to use your wishes and desires, conscious mind, to create your life is when? When you fell in love and what were you looking at? Oh, my God, it could be heaven. I said, it is heaven. And then you made up your whole mission of heaven. And then you enjoyed whatever time period it was. And I go, well, how come the honeymoon disappeared? Because most people, it doesn't last that long. Then it turns into regular life again. I go, yeah. because yeah. when we're in love, science has recognized we stay conscious, called mindful. We keep our conscious mind as the driver, not thinking. We are present by what's going on. I go, so what does that mean? You're not defaulting to the program for the first time. For the first time, you're ignoring the program. I'm out. I took the red pill. It's called love. And now I'm manifesting from red pill. I go, that was always there. That's been there from day one.
You just hadn't had access to it. And I say, why? Because your programs were designed to disempower you. That's why I said most of the program is, is you know, self-sabotaging, disempowering, limiting beliefs. A limiting belief. I'm a victim of my genetics. I have cancer genes and I'm going to get cancer. I go, that's a very limiting and self-sabotaging belief. And it's totally false. Why? Well, first of all, there's no such thing as a gene that causes cancer. What? We have cancer genes. I go, they're correlated with cancer, but those genes do not cause cancer. A woman can have the BRCA1 gene, two women, one can have the gene and get cancer and the other one can have the gene and never get cancer. We always focus on the one that got the cancer. More important is this other one had the same gene and didn't get the cancer. Exactly. What was different? Yes. And the answer is this. The idea of a cancer gene is a program. It's a behavior that there is no gene that causes cancer. That you can look at the fate of a child adopted into a family where there's cancer running in that family. And you say, here's adopted child comes into the family. I say, what's the fate of that child? And it turns out it has the same probability of getting the family cancer like every other sibling. I go, except the adopted kid has totally different genetics. What was right. the point? The cancer wasn't in the genes. The cancer was in the programming, disharmony. Ability to not express yourself because of programming. Don't express yourself. Don't say those. And all of a sudden we bring all that stuff and never let it out. It cooks and boils. And then point about it was the gene didn't do that. It was a lifestyle not in harmony that did that. And that's why people that have cancer who understand that stop blaming the cancer cell because a cancer cell is a symptom of this not being in harmony. And you can kill all the damn cancer cells you want. Radiation, chemotherapy, blah, blah, blah. So if you don't change this, new cancer will come. Because the idea was it was a behavior that precipitated that. Mm -hmm. And so the relevance is what? When you're manifesting our life with our consciousness and the programs that we've got have been making us, uh, what well, we're disempowered. Who controls your genes? Well, now we know, guess what? In epigenetics, you control your genes. That's <laughs> what the new science is all about, the revolution. Genes don't turn on and off by themselves. Genes are blueprints, real. I say, why? Go into an architect's office. She's working on a blueprint. You ask her, <laughs> is your blueprint on or off? And she'd look at you and go, what, what are you, crazy? It's a blueprint. There's no on and off. I go, precisely. A gene is a blueprint. It has no ability to engage itself. If a gene is called up, it's because the contractor asked for the blueprint. I say, contractor? <laughs> Consciousness is the contractor. And this is what epigenetics is the science of. It says... We've been looking at genes as, you know, these self-controlling devices, self-actualizing. They turn on and off. I go, no, they don't. They are called into play. And I say, who calls them into play? The creative consciousness, which is trying to survive in an environment, reading the environment and understanding how can I survive? What do I need to do? Oh, what I need to do? Program. Okay. And if the programs aren't correct, you can die from the program. Okay, and let's stop for a second. Still new agey. Let's stop the new age for one second, and here it is. Have you heard of the placebo effect? I say, what the is placebo that? Effect. Yes. The placebo effect is, here's the brand new pill. I, I loved it, and I'm not going to mention the brand because I, I used to laugh when I hear it. It's purple. 
it's it's purple. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> selling it because purple was the real color of healing. Uh, it's purple. And you take this pill and you get better and you go, damn, that purple pill was great. And then it turns out purple pill, sugar pill. And then I say, this honestly tell me then what healed you, not the sugar pill. Your belief that you were going to be healed. And we say, yeah, we call that the placebo effect. Positive thinking, that's what it is, yeah. generated healing. And then I go, yeah, that's true. And most of you have heard that. Now, here's the other side of the coin you don't talk about. What about negative thinking? Positive thinking, placebo. What about negative thinking? Listen to this fact. <laughs> negative thinking is equally powerful as positive thinking, but it works in the opposite direction. Placebo positive thinking can cure you of any disease on this planet because consciousness creates reality. But negative thinking can cause any disease on this planet. You can die of cancer and it has nothing to do with genetics. You died because you had a vision and a belief built into a can cancer, a negative fear. Cancer, cancer, cancer. What, do you th what are you thinking about? Cancer, cancer, cancer. What are you telling your body? Cancer, cancer, cancer. And then you get cancer. And all of a sudden it's like, oh my God, I brought this cancer on myself. I said, well, you didn't know. And I say, why is this? And this is a real critical point, Karin, very critical point. And it goes like this. Okay, let me give you a fact that you don't want to hear. Okay, fact. We are personally responsible for the life that we are experiencing. And you know, this is where people turn off. Why? Well, I could go back in my life and I had cancer or I was abused this way and all these things. I'm, the, I'm a victim of what's going on. I go, you are not a victim for this reason. You had no knowledge. And I go, why is that important? I say, guilt, shame, blame, uh, any of these kinds of words all require previous knowledge and then uh, an alteration of behavior. In other words, here's the behavior, how to be healthy, and I choose to use this behavior over here. I go, that, well, that was a choice. <laughs> uh, but you didn't know that you were choosing one way or the other because no one told you. So I say, what's the point? Those words that put an onus on the person who is, oh my God, I got cancer, I, I, I can't blame myself. I go, you can't blame yourself, you know why? You didn't have any knowledge of it. And I go, every one of those words, blame and all that kind of stuff, is based on you have a previous knowledge and then act in a behavior that is antagonistic to that knowledge. And I said, but what if you have no previous knowledge? I said, then how can you be blamed for what you did? You, had no, you, you have no understanding. I said, where's the understanding that you're operating from? Coming from now. History of people carrying their beliefs forwards all this time. Changes in who we trust as our truth providers. Because when we are young, one of the biggest programs is you're not a professional, but there are professionals and they know and you don't. So when it comes to truth, you give up yours because they are the professionals and we know by programming, they know more. And what have we done? We have given away the power of our life to people we presume to be the ones that know better. Mm. And I go, well, scratch that program. <laughs> that whole damn thing is wrong. Yeah. Uh, and the whole damn thing is wrong because epigenetics, the new science of how consciousness and environment 
controlled genetics is in a complete alignment with quantum physics because they both come down to consciousness. Now you have a choice. You can say, wow, that was a strange history based on the consciousness I came in with. And I say, well, now you have a choice. You can keep going into the future with the same consciousness going, wow, it's still happening, still bad. <laughs> or there's a time to say, what does this science mean to me personally? And the answer is this, we are creating this experience collectively. And that if we want to change the experience, we don't have to go out and change the world. We have to change the, the program, the vision, the imprint that we were given, because that's where we're creating from. If you believe you're a victim, then by definition, you are a victim. If you don't believe what I'm saying, then you're absolutely true and right. I go, what do you mean? I go, Henry Ford said it. If you believe you can, or you believe you can't, you're right. <laughs> and I said, why is it relevant? Because you can be a skeptic. And I go, great. And you are, well, you, you'll be very successful. You're going to prove that it doesn't work. And I go, wow. <laughs> In the case where you're a skeptic about something that could really help and you say it doesn't work, I'm sorry, you just decided it won't work. And it won't because that's your consciousness. Yeah. Uh, and Karen, your work is so important because we have to get people to reflect on wow, what I'm doing is I'm connected to what I'm doing. Huh? I'm not just the victim in the wind here. And, and, and the more of us that understand this, the more we come together in a community of let's co-create a vision collectively that enhances our vitality rather than buying the disruptive, uh, disempowering behaviors that we're being given today. I'll give you a very important, simple fact. Unfortunately, most people don't want to hear it, but it's like we have power in community. When people gather together and voice a community, they have power. But if people are separated from each other and community is broken down, you have no power. Right. And I'm looking at the world going crazy, and I also know uh, it's going crazy because uh, it's not sustainable. Right. Uh, we know we're facing an extinction of life that is created by human behavior. So I said, well, who are you going to call on to fix this one? The sea turtles? I go, we're the ones that created it. Yeah. We are the ones that can uncreate. We're the ones that can generate new. But if you believe you're a victim, then you're in the other group that goes, that's just happening. I go, or you could be in our group and say, you want a great life? Look at your program change that program and health and love and harmony will you don't have to go out the door and find it it will come to your house hmm. and you don't have to seek and work hard because the reason we're working hard is our belief system doesn't say that we are in any way powerful and therefore we're manifesting our program of disempowered people and this is very critical at this time yeah Boy, did I, how's that for a short answer to that question? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, this is perfect. This, you know, it's it just you know, really encompasses everything. I mean, and you have to start from the beginning so that you have the foundation. All right. And that was part one of my interview with Dr. Bruce Lipton. And I was just tickle pink because again, I mean, this is one of the things that was 
on my bucket list, which I didn't even think was going to be possible. But that's one of the things that you can be a very successful skeptic or you can choose to live in the realm of possibility. And this is one of the things that I see all the time where people, they will, they just refute it's it's too good to be true or it, you know, because it doesn't fit with what they already know and what they've been taught. So my encouragement to you is to at least before you shut anything down to just just take a look you know and and observe and and take a few steps back and see how this might possibly work in your life because i know i have seen these things uh take uh, you know take place in my life because when i have done when I've worked consciously to change my perspectives and I've worked to nurture myself and to heal my own emotional wounds, I have seen better and better things come in my life because I begin to feel as though and believe that I am good enough, that I am worthy and love has come into my life. Uh, Passions have come into my life, you know, possibilities and it's a beautiful thing. So if you are one of those people who would like to move from the disempowered life of limitation and into the empowered life of living in the realm of possibility, I would like to invite you to uh, join my Facebook group, Becoming Limitless Master Anxiety. I invite you to come and join us over there because this is what we talk about there. And, um, you know, outside of that, you know, so just remember, uh, first of all, if you found any of this information informa- uh, in- inspiring or you know somebody who probably could use hearing about this, especially during these times right now when things are a little wacky, uh, please, please do uh, share this episode with them because it. my hope is that it's going to inspire you and the people around you. Inspire, it inspires me every time and it gives me a whole new outlook and I feel so much better. And that's what this is all about because until you you are able to uncover all of that beautiful uniqueness that is you, you cannot shine your light. And you know that we need your specific talents. So between now and next time, go share this episode with everybody and take a look at what those uh, beliefs are that you have so you can make that shift in your life so you can truly go out and shine your beautiful inner light. Till next time, I love you all. Take care. Thank you so much for tuning in to Shift Happens. Please join host Karen Weary, Ida Serena Lee, and John Kennedy for another edition of our program next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We wish you continued success as you discover the true you.